This is Corporal Papes, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. I just wanted to take a minute in this little intro before the intro to give you an update on some of the things we got going on here at today's Boondoggle. And uh, we recently uh, launched an email account so if you have any questions suggestions or comments you're enjoying the show you want to see something different you want to see certain guests on the show you can reach us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and as you know the coronavirus lockdown has hit a lot of us uh, financially Um, boondoggle didn't escape it either and uh, if you want to support us financially so we can get you uh, these interviews that you enjoy each week uh, you can donate to our GoFundMe. There's a, a you get on GoFundMe. Look up today's Boondoggle. We got a GoFundMe that'll be ongoing, and um, as well as a Venmo, you can donate. If you use Venmo, go to Venmo domain or uh, today's Boondoggle, and then also there's our Anchor sponsorship on the Anchor app, Anchor.fm. Look up today's Boondoggle, and you can become a monthly sponsor to us there. Uh, as you know, this is a veteran-owned and operated program we got going on here. It's very been, man, incredibly therapeutic for a guy like myself who, you know, is a veteran with PTSD and anxiety. And, uh, just gets me out there talking with people and gets me out of my comfort zone, and it's been awesome. But uh, it all costs us, you know, to, the travel accommodations. To, to get to these interviews that you want to hear. So if you can help out anyway, we truly appreciate it. Um, also, please follow us on social media. It's at Today's Boondoggle. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just please follow, subscribe, comment, comment. download the, the episodes. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, any of the programs that you use to listen to your podcast. Please, please. Uh, do whatever you can to support us, and hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. You got Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. And uh, pretty excited about today's uh, conversation. Um, this will be airing on, on Veterans Day. Uh, although I'm currently sitting in a parking lot outside a church, which is uh, ironic for this conversation, um, on Halloween Day. And I'm going to be talking to uh, my new friend, getting to know my new friend, Tony Castanero. Castanera, right? Yep. Okay. And uh, Tony and me got connected through a mutual friend, Chris Aiken. And, uh, you know, Chris has been helping me with... Uh, today's boondoggle podcast and the website and all that good stuff and um you know he knows uh that i try and do like more i want to try and get fit in more veteran related stories very inspirational stories and stuff and 
you sound like you have a good one. Um, so uh, I guess let's just get into it. Uh, first, Tony, I want to know a little bit about your background, like, you know, your upbringing and stuff like that, and what you originally wanted to be when you grew up. So, uh, you know, I grew up without a father. Um, I, I, uh, the early days started out on Long Island, New York, and uh, I fell in love with sports right off the bat. And, you know, I, 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 I was a big baseball player, and my, uh, my idol was uh, the Yankees catcher Thurman Munson that died in that horrible plane crash in August of 1979. So at least initially, um, you know, I, I, my dream was to be a, a catcher for the New York Yankees. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then like how, um, how early did you know that you wanted to be a, you know, serve your country? When did that come? Uh, that came, that, that was the next thing. I remember vividly, uh, you know, playing army with my friends. We had this, uh, this Creek that ran through our town. And as soon as you got off the, uh, the main street and into the Creek, it was like you were in your own little Vietnam. And, you know, we ran around with our pop guns and fake army gear and, uh, it started probably at like eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. I <laughs> know. I bet you can. And then, um, like what, what was your, uh, what, what rank did you end up, uh, getting before you got, when you got, before you got out and everything? So, um, my career kind of got derailed a little bit. Um, by the time I started making, uh, the senior ranks in the enlisted, it was during the Clinton drawdown, and I literally mm -hmm. spent half my career, 10 years, at my final rank, which was Sergeant First Class E7. I, uh, I tried to go warrant officer, and that was my dream. Um, and once they, uh, they medically disqualified me because of the spinal fusion that I had uh, done in my, my neck, my C-spine, from the car accident I was in. So they wouldn't let me go warrant officer. I couldn't get promoted in the Clinton drawdown, so I spent 10 years as a sergeant first class. Wow, yeah, I remember the Clinton drawdown, and that was like the beginning of my uh, Navy career, so. Um, oh, man, thanks for your service, dude. Uh, thank you, thank you, and like I said, I mean, I wanted to get a get a good uh, veteran story for when this, this episode launches on Veterans Day this year. That's uh, awesome. But, uh. Uh, real quick, before we like really get into the meat and, and the stuff that uh, I want to talk about, I want to ask you a, a few of the basic questions that I ask people uh, sure. that are uh, veterans. Um, what are some of the oddest things that you witnessed or experienced while serving? Oh, man. My early career uh, started out in uh, Germany, in Bavaria, at Nuremberg. And the, 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 the thing that blew me away was the, the work hard, play hard dynamic. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody that went to Germany kind of beat the drinking age back in the States because they didn't have anything there. And it seemed like from the highest ranks to the lowest ranks, if you weren't in the field, it was all about partying. And they, they worked hard. You know, I was with, with an artillery unit, but they played just as hard, too, and it was kind of frightening at first in uh, in Germany with all that uh, partying going on. Yeah, yeah, being like, you know, 18, 19 years old and then just thrown right into that, you know, trying to oh, run with goodness. the big dogs right away. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, and then Korea, I spent uh, almost four years total in Korea to include uh, the time during the first desert storm. And that was a, a completely different animal, um, 
East Asia is is just so different than the United States and uh, the, the the cultural, you know, being 35 miles from North Korea, that was a strange time too. And what I thought was hard partying in Germany did not even scratch the surface of the hard partying in Korea. And Chris could attest to that too. Yes, yes, he has. <laughs> Yeah, it was just bizarre. It's just like, what else are you supposed to do there? You know, it seemed like, you know, let's go mad. There's got to be exactly. some release or some valve, you know? Exactly. Um, now, without breaking OPSEC, what was like the worst place that you served? Probably, probably Korea. Yeah. Um, you know, I made some incredible, you know, lasting friendships there. But I was never comfortable knowing that our enemy was that close and had guns pointed at us. And I was separated from my family. So it was hard to go to work every day and, and try to concentrate. And my job was, you know, an, an order of battle intelligence analyst. So it was my job to, you know, know North Korea better than our own army. And the more I learned, the more frightening it became. Oh, yeah, I bet. And then, um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can relate. I worked a little bit of Intel when I was in the Navy, I had a top secret clearance. So it's like, sometimes like they say, ignorance is bliss, you know? Exactly. It's like you, the more you know about things and you got to carry that with you and then still try and, you know, carry about your day and put on the poker face. It's never, Dude, both not times, easy. both times, both times that I left Korea as the plane was leaving Kimpo airport, I was breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah, I mean, once you knew you were in safe airspace, you know. Correct. Too, you know? Correct. Yes. You're far enough away, you know. But yes. No, I I cannot I can relate somewhat to the feeling. Never made it made it over there, but uh um man, I can only imagine. Um so what was like the best place that you'd say you would say you served? Oh, that, that that's an easy one. I spent probably seven years in Washington, D.C., working for the Defense Intelligence Agency. And that was that's like top gun for an intel guy. Yeah. Um, you know, work, working at the DIAC and, and, you know, doing the real world intelligence. I, I lived on post and I used to literally get up in the middle of the night, put on my PT gear, jog over to the to the agency and do my job because I couldn't wait to read message traffic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would think that that would be, like, rough, too, being around all the bureaucrats and all that stuff, you know. And the well, very luckily, I didn't have to deal too much with that. Um, you know, I was – my job was, once again, to, to look at North Korea, and I had access to so many resources. Um, the, the bureaucrat stuff was several levels above me. Okay. And, I, I mean um, – well, I'll, I'll get into that. I'll, I'll pigtail back to some of that, but uh, sure. What what uh, um, what is something that you always carry with you from your time of service? Brotherhood, friendships. Oh yeah, that's. I have point. people like Chris. I mean, we we've been friends now for thirty one years, and uh, you, you know those friendships. You think that your friends in high school are, are going to be with you for the rest of your life. And then they, they fall away. I, I have like one or two people from high school that I stay in contact with, but those army relationships, man, 
they stand the test of time. Yeah, I, I mean, I can attest to that. With, with same with the Navy, you know. Oh yeah. I, 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 um, you know, there's very few like friends from high school. It's like I have to be the intentional one to to keep any kind of contact. It's usually not telling me, you know. Yeah. Which is kind of sad because I'm I'm living where I grew up, but it's the military relationships that are always reaching out. And I'm always, you know, that we're always in contact with. And most of these people don't live around here that I served with, you know. I yep. mean, luckily there was a good part of my years where I was a reservist, local Cleveland guy. So there are quite a few guys that uh, I stay connected with, unfortunately buried a few this past year. But, oh, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it definitely those, those friendships are, I mean, it, you, you pick up the phone and it's like, you know, there's no, there hasn't been any downtime, you know? Like, did you know uh, that, uh, Chris Aiken did the cover art for my first book? No, I did not know that. Yeah. We started talking, you know, cause he had published, I think his first two books and, you know, I, we were chatting one day and I told him that, if, you know, I was getting ready to put pen to paper and he had all the experience of how, how to, you know, do the public publishing yourself. And he ended up putting together the cover art for my first book. It looks awesome. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check yours out too. I got um, I interviewed Chris a while back. You know when uh, his uh, book about his military service came out. So we had a lot of fun stories with that one with oh, Korea. Yeah, that that boy's got some serious <laughs> stories. <laughs> and speaking of stories, like what's one of the funniest stories you feel you can share from your time of service? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> um, oh, I'll, I'll use Germany. Well, let's start. You know, start at the beginning. I had um, gotten in trouble, um, part partially my fault, but you know, partially my NCO's fault as well. We were out in the field, and uh, we were doing 30 days, and we had an opportunity to go into the cantonment area, and. Uh, go to a burger bar, you know, have, have some fast food, you know, for the first time in like a month. So we pull up into the burger bar and of course we've got our M16s with us. And, uh, he says, you know, just put them behind the seat. You know, I'll lock the door. Nobody will see them. No harm, no foul. Well, the problem is at that point in time, the army had what was known as cuck V's or uh, Dodge or Chevy pickup trucks. And one key got into every cuck V in the army. So there was a couple of MPs sitting at the burger bar, saw us put the weapons behind the uh, the seat, waited for us to go into the burger bar, and then confiscated the weapons. We all got Article 15 for not not taking care of our weapons. Well, <laughs> right? So my commander tells me, he goes, you know what? Um, easy mistake. I'm not going to give you um, any judicial punishment. I just want you to do seven days restriction, seven days extra duty. But because of how old I was at the time, not even 19 years old yet, I snuck out the window just to go downtown to meet a German girlfriend to uh, get, you know, get busy. Yeah. I come back the next morning, climb back into my window and my commander sitting on my bed and he's like, you know, I have to deal with you, right? <laughs> so I ended up losing rank because of that, even after my commander tried to help me. That is a microcosm of young Tony. 
Yeah, and and just to you know what 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 we're willing to do for, to get busy, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Links we're willing to go to. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Young, dumb, and full of you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Chris shared that you know there there'd be sto- certain stories like that that I might hear, you know, which. Uh, oh yeah, when when he and I got together here in Arizona, that was uh, four months of absolute craziness. Yeah, so you guys were stationed there for a little bit too, huh? We yeah, we went through school together. Um, he was he was transitioning from seventy one Lima, which was uh, administrative, and I was uh, changing jobs from uh, communication specialist to Intel. So we were together here for almost seven or eight months. Oh man, yeah. So um, <laughs> it, and and that's what you know. Another thing that I, I, I was like, okay, I got to talk to this guy because you know you're just like any of us um and you know i was as i when we've been kind of talk, talking via facebook messenger but not actually talking yet and right. um you know i'm in recovery i got 11 years sobriety it was with uh my, awesome, my christian man. men's recovery group last night and you know there was a long time of like you know um when i got saved and came to faith which you know we're going to get into with with your story um, that I had, I carried so much shame and guilt and, and, you know, oh, yeah. Chris, Chris can attest to that, that as well. And he was always, you know, my, uh, you know, messaging me positive things and encouragement and, and all that. So, um, uh, I've got an awesome friendship with him as well, but, uh, you know, it's just like nobody can, nobody else can beat us up as much as we can beat ourselves up at times, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree. And now I'm in a place with recovery where we can go back and we can laugh at the dumb things, you know, because we know we're not that person anymore. We know we're new, a new creation, you know, you and, got that right. And, um, it, it, it was just, uh, so last night, you know, I was sharing a little bit of, uh, with, with the group and everything and just had me thinking about, you know, a lot of the things that you were just talking about. Um, one last, uh, well, two more questions with the military side, and then we'll go ahead and get into what, what I was just talking about. Um, sure. But what was one of your greatest hopes for the country that you've been willing to give your life for? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I because of the generation we grew up in, patriotism was, you know, a big deal. And, uh, you know, when I raised my right hand for the first time and, and still to this day, you know, when I speak at graduations or, you know, watch a soldier reenlist, you know, when 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 they play the national anthem, you know, I still get teary eyed because of that that patriotism that was instilled in me at a very early age. And I haven't really gotten away from the Army since I retired. After I retired in 2004, I went right back to work for the Army as a contractor. And and now, for the past 13 years, I've been a Department of the Army civilian. So I'm still around the unit. I'm a staff officer in in my battalion, and I just wear a different uniform. So, you know, I'm still me, and I still have that, that love for country that, you know, had me serve all those years. But I, I don't see it reciprocated um in today's military and one of the things like honor and customs and courtesies and and respect um it seems to have been either 
fallen by the wayside or not emphasized, but it's lacking in our army right now. And uh, it hurts my heart, man. And my hope, you know, I don't know that things will ever be the same again after this year, but my hope is that uh, we can at, at least get back to pointing to true north, which is Jesus Christ, in my opinion, because th this country is a Christian country, you know, with, with the original people, the settlers that came here. And I would like to see us, my prayer is for a, a widespread repentance in America and, and revival. Amen. Amen. I mean, it, it is, it's heartbreaking to look at, you know, the, I, ha I have two teenage daughters. Well, one of them's 20 now, but you know, they're always going to be my little girls regardless, but absolutely, just, um, the, the, the world that they're growing up in right now, that not knowing the love of country, not knowing the, um, not seeing it around them. I mean, they know it through me, you know, in, in, in our house and you know, how, I'm trying to raise them. I'm a single dad, so you know I'm trying to to raise them with that. But um, you know the world's the world, and 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 they spend a lot of time in it. You know, so I just yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure can, you know. I'm sure you've seen those uh, those memes that say, "Make sure that you teach your children about God, because if you don't, the world will." Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> their skewed version of it, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you got me. I mean, that, that, that's just been something that's been really driving me lately, too, with seeing everything around me, you know, because my father was a World War II Marine. So I was raised in it already as well, you know, and yeah. my mother always volunteered at the VFW and she's still in, involved today there um it i was just a very patriotic family i was proud to go serve man you know it was yeah. it was a no-brainer i was originally supposed to be in the marines but uh you know my, my my drinking and stupidity started before the military unfortunately and got myself in some trouble and luckily the navy is like all right we'll take you but uh yeah thankfully i was able to get you know a career out of it too but um, one last uh, question regarding, uh, you know, veterans and, and stuff like that is uh, um, what do you feel we can do to break the stigma of mental health and PTSD? Oh, that's a good one, too, man. Good question. Um, for me personally, you know, I've seen soldiers that were here prior to combat, um, wonderful people go to combat and come back different. So I've seen it up close and I work with them every day. And I personally have never had a stigma. Um, I respect all combat veterans. And I know that once they come back and try to reintegrate into normal, if you will, um, that it's very difficult, especially, you know, we were uh, as an army, uh, a paper tiger, you know, for years after Vietnam. And, you know, over the past what, 25 years, we've been um, indoctrinated in blood and guts all over the world. And um, I think, you know, initially there was that stigma. There might still be, a, be some, but I, I think 
for the most part, we've gotten past that. But the thing that's a complicator is some people are taking advantage of PTS and claiming it because they'll get disability money out of it. And it's yeah. messing with the people that have really got issues. That's why, in, in my opinion, that's why the suicide rate is so high across all four services. Um, yeah. So I, education is good, um, but breaking down some barriers um, that, you know, I think have permeated mindsets. It, it, I don't think we're far away from breaking the stigma. I think a lot of lessons learned have uh, have emerged over the years. I know there's still some out there, but um, these people need to be helped early and often and not let it linger before, you know, the enemy attacks that mind and gets them to pull a trigger on a gun or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd heard stories, too, like, you know, from some of my friends who were soldiers and, you know, other branches that – one of the toughest things was, you know, coming back multiple deployments. Um, and the, the biggest stigma was happening within the, the ranks of the branch they were serving, you know, Correct. with the higher ups. It made it made it like, you know, you can't say anything. You can't go report anything because then it's just like, OK, I'm weak I'm this on that. I'm going to, you know, that there would be, you know, punishment for for it and and so that definitely we weren't helping ourselves there either i'm sure you've seen what's been going on at fort hood i mean it's oh just oh my crap. god yeah there's a lot going on there apparently you know yes and uh well i mean a lot of one thing about 2020 it seems like a lot of dark is being brought to light though yeah and i think uh i think there's purpose behind it but you know because of you know, my faith, I believe in the next few months, God is going to do something big <clears throat> and leave no doubt that he's still in control. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have that too. I, um, like I was praying last night, one of the, uh, man, I, I, let me see if I wrote it. If I have the, uh, no Tommy, I forget what Bible verse it, it was, but, uh, one of the guys, uh, that opened us in prayer, read a verse, and uh, I can't find my notebook now for from there. But uh, oh, here it is. He read Second Timothy, and I don't know if you have your Bible available because I'm like, um, but he read Second Timothy two, uh, verses twenty three through twenty four, and. Um, it was just about like, you know, getting involved in arguments that are pointless, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I'm reading it right now. Okay. Yeah. Can, could you read it? Yeah, I'm, I'm using the Amplified and it says, uh, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Yeah. And he read that last night. And I was immediately convicted. And, you know, I mean, I confessed there uh, amongst my brothers uh, how I've been, th this election has had me, this election cycle has had me falling into that trap, you know? See, that, that happened to me too at the beginning. And I had to 
<laughs> let's use the word emancipate myself from it. And I, I, all you'll see on my timeline is God, family, army, and my favorite sports teams. I do not get pulled into any of those ridiculous arguments because it, it just, it makes me say and do things that are not good. Yeah, that's not uh, being a good advocate for Christ, you know. And um, yeah, and I and and I ha- haven't been, you know. I this past year, I definitely haven't been. I've been kind of going back into like pre- preparing for combat mode in in my I head. I know what you mean. Yeah, like um, I, I mean, I'm doing jujitsu at 47 and stuff, and that that. I mean, it's good for me regardless. So I'm looking at it as a health thing as well. But in that's the back right. of my head, I'm just like, you know, well, when I run out of ammo, you know, that's, you know, I guess sometimes when I talk to Chris too much, you know, he likes to get fired up too. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, I, I just, he read that verse last night and I just immediately felt convicted for how I've been. Um, and, it, and I just, you know, I confessed it there and then, and I'm not saying it's like all of a sudden it, it's like gone away, you know, but I, I need to emancipate myself like you have and just get through this next week, um, this election and everything and just have the, that my struggle is, you know, I, I need to give it all to God and have that faith that, you know, no matter what happens next week, it's, you know, it's, he's in control. Yeah. So something that, that, that has helped me is, number one, you, you see how the Word of God, you know, can be that double-edged sword that pierces. It, you know, thank God for the conviction that we get when we read the Word. The second thing that's helped me is, because of what I've been doing as a lifestyle with the Army for, for 35 years now, regardless of who's in office, that's my boss. And if you start you know, articulating how you feel at work about that, you could find yourself in a world of trouble. I was not a fan of Bill Clinton. I was not a fan of Obama, but I kept my mouth shut because it's the right thing to do to honor the the office. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that's really, you know, spun me this past, these past four years. Um, but, uh, you know, I, what, one thing I wanted to get into really quick, too, well, not really, I mean, take your time with it, but this is uh, the, the most amazing thing that I wanted to get into was now you're a pastor as well, right? I am about to be a pastor. About, I, about to be a pastor. I was, uh, I was commissioned as an elder in the church, and there's really no distinction be, between a pastor and an elder. They, they perform the same functions. But there's, I haven't been licensed or ordained yet, just commissioned as an elder. But that's coming because the way that I'm being um, utilized and leveraged now, most of the people in the church call me Pastor Tony on a, on a regular basis. But I, I know that I haven't achieved that yet. Yeah. Now, you know, we were sharing the earlier days in, in the military and all that and, and all the craziness and the wild stories and the things we do to get down and all that um, when did the transition happen? Like, what was your moment? Uh, like, could you mind sharing like a testimony? Sure. I mean, it, it points directly to, um, New Year's Eve when it was turning into 2004. Um, I attempted suicide mm. and, uh, I obviously failed, thank God. And I, 
it was my uh, my Jacob experience with God, my penile experience where I was like, listen, I can't do this without you. And if you don't help me, then this isn't going to end well. And five months later, he dropped Margarita, my wife, into my life. Um, and I, ironically, you can't make this stuff up. My wife's maiden name is Margarita de Jesus. Mm. Margarita's tequila was my favorite drink, and de Jesus is of Jesus. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And from that point on, she stepped into my life as a, you know, a God-fearing woman of God and just kind of held my hand. And we needed a pastor to do our wedding. And it was a guy that I worked with, a retired sergeant major. And uh, he was looking at me funny. He was sitting in his truck. And I was like, hey, man, I need you to do my wedding. Will you do it? And he just smiled. And he said, brother, I'd be honored to. And I then I looked at him. I was like, you probably want me to come to that crazy church of yours, don't you? <laughs> he's like, well, that, he's like, that would be nice. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I went to that church in probably February of 2005. And I had a significant emotional event finding my way back to God, and I haven't missed a step since. That was the turnaround. Now, that that uh, immediate point where you, you know, fell to your knees when you were contemplating suicide, and then, because you said five months later, then your wife came in your life. Like, what kept kept you alive that night? Uh, I woke up um, completely drained, sick, throwing up. Um, I don't know. Well, I do know. The only thing that kept me alive that night was, was God. Because I, I, I took pills and a half gallon of Jim Beam, and I wanted everything to be over, man. I, I was retiring from the Army. My ex-wife had left me, you know, for another guy, and I was like, what is this all What's the worth in all this? Mm. That's how, you know, and that's how a lot of people get to that point where they choose suicide. But I woke up the next day. God still had plans for me. It's like all this sacrifice for what, you know? Correct. All this time. And then I lose this. I lose it. I went, when I came home for my, my last deployment, you know, I went through a, uh, you know, my, the mother of my kids was with another man and, and it was, uh, man, there's, that is definitely like help to bring a man to his bottom, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, during that time, that transformation and God was planting seeds in me while I was over there. I mean, you know, the saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. You got that right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was just like God was planting seeds while I was over there in, uh, in Kuwait and stuff. And, um, so, you know, I knew I wasn't a good person when I had left. I wasn't, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't faithful. I was always out partying. I was, you know, abandoning my kids basically. And, um, you know, uh, Chris knew me back. I had this alter ego dollar bill, they called me. So, you know, I was like (laughs) trying to be like, uh, you know, the, the, the local music scenes, Ric Flair or something. I don't know, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I come home and, and I was like, I had every intentions of trying to make everything right, you know, and uh, 
she had already, you know, it, the relationship had, was already done. So it's like I was hurt and heartbroken, but then it, then I had to take accountability. You know, I had to say, well, what what, what led her to that? You know, what did yeah. you do to help lead her to that? You know, and that's when, you know, um, you know, an inventory happens in, in my recovery program. But um, it still took a while before I re- like really started working a program, too. Like, you know, it's like my last blackout was my welcome home party. And then I was just like, OK, I'm going to stop drinking. And, and I was sober for, you know. I've been sober for 11 years. I haven't been working a spiritual program for 11 years, though. I got you. I was one of those dry drunks for many of them. So I was still chasing other addictions. And then, you know, when that relationship was done, of course, I was going to chase another one, you know, and and why I have two daughters at home, you know, and it's just like, what kind of example is I setting for them? But thankfully, through my Christian uh, recovery and some of my sponsors and the people that have come in my life to disciple me, you know, um, I mean, there was a point where my daughters weren't even living with me. They wanted nothing to do with me. They were old enough to understand, you know, and their mother's still wounded and hurt and will bring up the past as much as she possibly can. And, you know, it is, it it will still sting now and then, but I just got to remember that I'm not that person anymore. But, the uh, enemy will always seek to try to remind you that you are that person. Yep. But once you're under the blood, dude, that's just a deception. That's a that's a lie. Exactly. And um, so you know, I mean, I've been working my program and everything, and now both my daughters are back living with me, and we have a be- better relationship today than we've ever had. Um, and man, that's awesome. And and but but it can all. It, like we talked about last night at my meetings, like one, I'm one poor decision from throwing it all away, though, you know? We all are. Yeah. We all are. We're fragile, dude. The, our whole existence here before we go on to glory is a series of battles. The cool news is the war's already won. We just got to, you know, gird ourselves with the armor of God while we're here in this flesh suit. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I need that reminder every day. Like we were talking to last night about uh, the many different masks that our pride wears. Oh, yeah. You know, it pops up in so many different, different ways. And, and that's the, I mean, when, when we're vulnerable and we're humble is when the healing has really happened for me. When I've been vulnerable, been, been willing to be vulnerable before God or, you know, around God-fearing people and, and humble that's when the healing and growth happens. But pride... well, that's that that's that contrite spirit and clean heart that Psalm 51 talks about. And, um, you know, there's a saying, you know, you ever heard of the valley experience or the or the, or the wilderness experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a saying that says God does his best work in the valley. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't do the carving and pruning at the mountaintop. He puts us in those situations where we're broken, so we we need him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, like, you know, one thing that I I was talking about last night with our group is this, like, you know, when we go through those peaks and valleys, like, you know, doing my uh, inventory, you know, and you realize, man, what a piece of crap, what a selfish and self-centered piece of crap I was during these times. And then, you know, that oh, I, yeah. I mentioned about, you know, we're, we're the worst at beating ourselves up than anybody else. 
But then <clears throat> there's still pride involved with that because we're like, I'm the biggest piece of crap. I'm a bigger piece of crap than you were. You know, that's pride exactly. in a different mask, yes. you know? <clears throat> yeah. So we got to always like be, be wary of that, that, that devil, no matter how it comes or like, you know, another pride thing that we talked about is just like, man, these guys just won't get it. I, nobody's as sick as I am. No, but nobody will understand. So I can't, I'm just not going to say nothing. I'm not going to speak out about this, you know, pride again. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, last night was, uh, it it was nice prep, prep work for talking with you today. Um, now, so, you know, your wife came in, in your life and, uh, I mean, what other changes have you like, uh, experienced from like, the old ways of living to how you're living now, you know? Well, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't live in the past like I used to. I, I'm very much um, firmly planted in the present. And I don't have anger issues like I used to. I'm more tolerant. And my my entire existence now, if I, if I told you what my weekly schedule looked like, is all about, helping other people. And, and, uh, we, we, me and Margarita do marriage counseling with young couples. I, I teach, uh, the discipleship program that I help create every Tuesday night at church. Um, Wednesday night, I'm doing prayer and praise with my senior pastor. It's I'm almost in church every night of the week. And it's all about giving now, you know, who knows how many years we have left on this world. So, the second half of my life is all about service, um, not serving, not like serving our our country like we did when we were in the military, but now it's about serving and edifying the body of Christ and helping people who may be going through exactly what you and I went through mm. when we were still in that dark place. So that that's the biggest thing is having a heart for God's people and helping them constantly yeah that's one thing that we push uh you know uh, uh sponsors push on their the people they're spon- sponsoring in recovery too it's just like the more you know i help others i'm helping myself correct you know and and there's so much truth to that um we're not going to sit there and wallow in the woe is me if we're focusing on trying to help somebody else out and um that, like I said, the more the, nine times out of ten, like if I, if somebody calls me out of the blue because they just need to talk, they're helping me more than I'm helping them a lot of times. Because as I'm, and I also notice too that I'm like I'm really good at giving advice, but I'm not good at taking my own advice a lot of times too. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> but uh, so you, you you guys have been able to be in church and active like every day now I, I take it Arizona didn't have like the 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 strict lockdowns with gathering in church and stuff like that it, it actually did um you know during the um the height of it from like March to probably July um my church in particular you know went on lockdown and we were only doing um Facebook live sessions. Mm. where the uh, where the the worship team would go in socially distanced and uh it would be the pastor up there at, at the pulpit you know preaching to an empty sanctuary um but getting it out to everybody on facebook live 
But around here where, where I live um, in Sierra Vista, the most active cases we had was about 260. And then, you know, it, 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 most of it was along the border towns by Mexico. So we really haven't experienced um, COVID like the rest of the nation has. And then we went back to regular church services, but we took um, like rows out, you know, that we used to have in the sanctuary. So everybody's socially distanced and sitting together as families and, and uh, don't come to church sick and, you know, wear your mask if you feel vulnerable. So we've been doing all the um, uh, preventive measures. Yeah, Ohio's been crazy lately. Like our cases have been spiking and it's just like we I'm grateful that our men's recovery group has been able to get back together. But there was a time we were just streaming and church services were just streaming. And now there's like a, you know, you have to like sign up in advance if you're going to come to church because they can only accept a certain number of people and stuff but i i was just you know it had me thinking a lot too about what a spiritual battle that we we're in here that's and, exactly what it is don't ever let anybody dissuade you from that this is a spiritual thing going on yeah and i mean if we if you can keep the the body of christ from gathering together you know i mean that's one way for the enemy to to wreak havoc and you know we got people all over in fear a lot of people that don't know Christ, how are they, you know, I'm praying that a lot of them are coming to Christ through this fear. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, without, without, uh, you know, without the, the church, you know, it's just, it's been, it's been scary, man. It's been like real eye opening how this has uh, been taking place here in Ohio, at least, you know. Uh, uh, in my, our daughter Larissa lives in Cincinnati. Oh, Okay. So she's, she's been keeping me abreast. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely been for the, you know, I just, you know, like I just pray for the, for discernment, you know, for everybody yeah. in this nation, you know, especially with the, you know, the big election and everything. I just pray for discernment amongst God's people. And, you know, even people that don't know God, that there's a, an awakening, you know, that there's a revival here because we need it. Have you ever heard of uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick? Um, does sound familiar. He was the leader of the Brownsville revival in Florida um, back in the 90s. I think it was 95. He, since, since Billy Graham has passed away, he's kind of been like on the rise as kind of the next Billy Graham in America. And he has a church now in Daphne, Alabama called Church of His Presence. And he, his sermons have been off the chain, dude. And he, he's, he's preaching the exact things that you and I are talking about right now. He came to our church and uh, twice now and um, incredible things coming from the pulpit when that man's up there. I'm going to have to look up some of his videos then. He's, uh, yeah, you can go into the media archives on churchofhispresence.com and they have a specific uh, directory on there of just his, his sermons and, like, uh, what was the last one? It's called The Days of Reckoning. There's two parts to it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I have to check that out because, I mean, I, I, I have to be, you know, honest, too. Um, the only, like, closest to church I've had is just my, my Friday night recovery meeting since everything's kind of been like, you know, you have to sign a list to go to church and exactly. everything's been streaming. I've been lazy. I haven't been 
participating on Sundays like I should. You know, I've been like jujitsu's become my church, the jujitsu class on Sunday. Yep. It's like, wait a I minute. I totally That's, understand, man. I'm not uh I'm I'm I, I I'm seeing what's happening and I'm seeing what's needed. And once again, I'm not following my own advice, you know, and getting uh, plugged into a, a good, solid, you know, church family will only help, uh, help your uh, recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had been when everything was active, you know, I'm just, I just kind of fell off with, with uh, when everything went like, I'm, I'm a shake people's hands and be in, in your face type person. And now we can't Me shake too. hands. And and everything went to Zoom, and I kind of fell off with the the Zoom recovery meetings too. You know, I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I I I, I let like my physical activity in jujitsu or whatever become my my outlet. You know, and I and I and it can't. It's becoming another idol. You know. So in my second book, which is all about spiritual warfare, I break down the spiritual battlefield and actually give uh, names to three of the zones. And one is the deception zone where the lie is infused. The second is the dislocation zone where we're separated from the body of believers and even family members. And uh, the, the enemy drives a wedge between us and what we care about. And that's exactly what you're talking about right there. Yep. Yep. And I'm, I, and I know it's happening and I'm, you know, I need to be more, um, man, what's the, I, I, I'm, Proactive, go on the offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're intentional was the word I was looking there for. There you but go. Yeah, That's you a know, great word. I need to yeah. be more intentional with, you know, and my my Friday nights are, are nice, but they're not, you know, I need, what about the rest of the week? It's like, you know, the people that just go to church on Sundays. And That's why I'm in it. church almost six days a week. <laughs> yeah. I need to get back involved like that. And, oh uh, yeah, man. yeah. I'm sitting here in the in the church parking lot right now, talking with you. And uh, for some reason, I thought Saturdays nothing was going on, and now I see cars are starting to file in. So I might have to wrap up here in a little bit. But uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, I, well, I guess I'm amongst the body. You ask and you shall receive, right? That's right. <laughs> but. Uh, I wanted to ask too, like, do you have any like really great stories of people coming to Christ? Oh man, God has put people right in front of me. Once again, you can't make this stuff up. Whatever you go through during your dark times, God will turn that around for good. And he'll put people right in front of you that are going through the same type of things to where you're forced to use your testimony to help them through what they're going through now. I have literally hundreds of examples of this where I'll be sitting, I'll, I'll use one here recently. I uh, I was up at the altar with Margarita getting ready to do uh, altar call. All the elders and pastors and everything, you know, go, go up to the altar and they give a time for people to come up and get prayed for. And this young man comes up he looks like a movie star. It looks like his whole life has been in order his whole life. And uh, he comes to me and he says, I really need help with spiritual warfare. Um, the Jezebel spirit, you know, has been all over me and my wife. There, you know, there's been adultery. There's been uh, sexual immorality and alcoholism. And I was like, hey, man, why did you come to me? And he said, 
something about you, the way you look, God just told me to come talk to you. And I was like, well, you came to the right place. <laughs> and uh, I've been wa- I've been praying over him for several weeks now, and he's already starting to see breakthrough in his life. You got to change the atmosphere with prayer and start declaring and decreeing how the enemy is defeated. Use your testimony. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We don't go through these things for nothing. Yeah. And that's just one example. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I made a single dad for a while, you know, like, I, I mean, I came home from deployment 2009, 2010, got saved, sober. And, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't working a real program for many of those years. I wasn't being, you know, pure and, um, and it was involved in many, like, you know, uh, sexual relationships and stuff like that. But sure, sure. I, um, you, you know, as I've been working my program and going through like the pain and hurt and when my kids left and now having them back and this and that, you know, all of a sudden we got some people coming in that are newly single fathers, you know, yeah, that are in the valley that I was in, you know, you can minister to them, man. Yeah. And so, uh, in fact, one person's coming to my heart right now that I think I'm going to have to reach out to and give a call to, you know, when we're when we're finished here. Um, That's awesome. It's like watching those movies, you know, when when something like there's an emotional moment with like your a parent or something like that. And you're like, I got to call my mom, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank God for Holy Spirit to do that to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what there, there there was a point for a while, too, where I thought that, you know, I wasn't connected anymore and then have being feeling that conviction last night and that conviction right now um that that get that's reminding me that i still am you know as long as i allow myself to be and well i'm sure i'm sure that was part of god's plan for bringing you and i together yeah i agree and i and you know i um this even though this is our first time talking hopefully you know i i I don't want it to be our last Oh, it won't be. You'll be on my morning prayer list starting tomorrow. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll have to, uh, you know, see if I can get you to send me a, uh, that second book you were just talking about. Um, uh, if you got a website or something I could order it from or whatever. Um, oh. Both my books are actually on um, uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble. Okay. But but I'll, I got a, I got an order coming in. Um, what I, I don't try to make money on this. I use it as a uh, ministry opportunity. So every couple of months or so, I'll order 10 or 20 copies of each book. And then when, when God places people in my life, I sign it for them and just give it to them. So when they come in, I'll just give me your home address and uh, I'll sign both books for you and ship them out to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to make sure that we we did, you know, before we we wrap up here. Um, well, first, you know, I wanted that uh, you just mentioned with your, you know, with the books that if there were people that do want to like follow, uh, you know, your message or, or or order your books and stuff like that. Is there anywhere else that you would send them? Uh, yeah, um, I think I invited you to my Sun for All Seasons um, Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's about 400 and some followers on that. That's a great way to get plugged in every day. And um, you can go uh, go there and see what the books are about and uh, actually chat with other, other believers who are uh, experiencing the same type of things. And I, I actually incorporated the second book in there, too. So the first book is very, um, you know, testimony driven. Um, a sun for all seasons. And then um, the second book is all about spiritual warfare because, you know, Ephesians six talks about the armor of God, but how many people know what to do once the armor's on? Yeah. And uh, that, that, that's my second book. And I use, I, I use um, the uh, same strategy and techniques that I used for 30 years in in the, well, 30 plus years in the army, you know, looking at the threats from around the world, now on our common enemy, the devil, God uses what we're good at in the in the natural to give Himself glory in the spiritual, and that that's what Book Two is all about. Yeah, and that that one I definitely want to definitely want to read. Well, I mean, want to read them both, but because of what we're living in, and you know what yes. I've been feeling right now, you know, yeah, I, I need uh, the the uh, what what was the operating manual or whatever, you know. Yeah, for, to get yeah. ready for this combat that we're in, you know, stay yeah. connected. Um, now I wanted to, you know, um, and I and I hate, you know, I w- I would love to let this continue on, but you know, now I got, like I said, I got cars pulling in and people looking at me like I'm CIA or something in here with headphones and a microphone. And <laughs> well, I, dude, I hope you know you people. can contact me anytime. It doesn't it doesn't need to be all business related. I'm always here for you. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I definitely will. Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to get out on the on this on this message for uh, our listeners and stuff like that is, um, you know, we've got so much turmoil in in our land right now, in our country, in the world, but you know, specifically in the country that we raised our right hand, took an oath to defend and die for. Um, we got so much turmoil. Um, we have, uh, you know, the, our first responders and our military members, um, that are still currently serving. And, uh, I mean, th- th- all this stuff that's been being brought to light about human trafficking and, and children yeah. and, uh, just so much of this darkness being brought to light. And then, you know, I mean, our president and his, his family in this administration, love them or hate them. You know, he still needs our prayers. Um, we're supposed to, if, if, if people, you know, consider him an enemy, well, we have to pray for our enemies, you know? So, um, I don't, I'm, I'm personally a fan. I don't, I don't hide anything about it, you know? Um, but just all, everything that I just mentioned, you, uh, would you mind like, uh, saying a prayer to involve, uh, to bring all that in? Absolutely, man. I'd be honored to. Awesome. Father, we just come before you this morning with, with thanks, honor, and praise, Lord. Lord, we know that you are still El Elyon, the most high God, and, and, and still in control of everything, Lord. So we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We know that we're on the potter's wheel right now, and nothing beautiful you know, comes from the potter's wheel until the job is done. And we know that you're working on it, Father. We just give you all the honor and all the praise, Father, for where you're taking us because you're already in the future, God. 
You are the omniscient father. You're a good, good father. And you have our future plans for Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that, you know, the plans that you have for us and it is to prosper us and, and give us a future Lord. And we understand that in our hearts, our body, soul, and spirit right now, that what is around the corner, when you show yourself to be who you are, God, the great I am that this country, uh, our service members, all this craziness will be brought to a screeching halt because Satan is running scared right now, Lord, like a true insurgent. The, the enemy attacks are, are spiking when he's about to fail. So, Lord, we just come against anything right now that is not of you. We come against human trafficking. We come against suicide. We come against the, the Jezebel spirit that's had the grip on our nation. Lord, guide people to the to, to the election booths and Give them the spirit of discernment, Father, that will guide them in the right direction and bring this country back to a God-fearing country, uh, a country whose constitution is based on you, Father. Bring us back before it's too late, Lord. We beg this right now in Jesus' name that, that come next week, by the end of next week, this country will once again be, be set on the path that you had originally ordained for us, Father. So, Father, we just we love you. We thank you for all you're about to do. Let your glory fall, Lord. Let your glory fall, your kavod glory upon this nation once again. And let us be the bright shining light, this, the city of Zion on a hill that can't be put under a lampstand. Let our, let our light show forth again as you bring us back to your heart, Father. So, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Bless my brother here who has been transparent with me for about an hour now. Bless him, Lord. Protect him. Let, let your face shine upon him, Lord. Give him everything he needs to be whole and complete. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, uh, wow. It, you know, I, I had my eyes closed praying with you when you said, let your light shine upon him. Like, it, it's odd, but the the reflection of the sun came through the my, my rearview mirror you know, oh, that's awesome! Right during that that time, and I was just like, "Wow, okay." That I I opened my eyes real quick because I thought maybe one of these people walking by, you know, in the church or something was uh But uh, no, it's 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 God reminding me that He is here and He's in this he was in this conversation with us, and uh, I think I'm going to, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to have this episode air on veterans day but i'm gonna i think i'm gonna take out your i'm gonna i'm gonna leave your the full episode in and your prayer in the episode but i'm gonna also edit the prayer and post it separately ahead of time like oh it's awesome try and do it this week just like a prayer for our nation a special segment or whatever to have people hear it you know because i think it is very important um as we go into this this election as i said when this airs it'll be after the election so hey i want to i want to leave you with one more scripture man that you can pray moving into next week's election it comes from second chronicles seven fourteen, and it states if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves pray seek crave and require the necessity of my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land amen and i know our vice president says quotes that often that's right so hey tony thank you for your time um and like i said it's definitely won't be the last time we talk that's right but, uh 
I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up as more cars are piling in. And, All uh, right, brother. And um, I will, I'll, I'll be in touch. I hope so, man. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you for your time and your story. God bless. You got it, man. God bless you. Hey, baby. This is Double D, also known as Dream Daddy. And I got to tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well, then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, proteins, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash boondog10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them dream daddy and your friends from today's boondog sent you. Out and oh, that was yeah. Luster. Was that was Luster? Harry Luster. That, that was with like, a. She was a ACU two Baltimore. Oh, was she really? Yeah. And, yep. she, and she came in and yeah, it started with her showing off her pierced nipples, and then I, it went from I there. My bed was here. My bed's here. Tim's here, and Luster's right here, and Dan Green's on the other side of him. He sang it. He sang <laughs> for it. Dan's the one that started it all. I saw yeah. Dan Green. And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall, brought to you by today's Boondogger.
for listening once again to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Please check out our website, DomainCLE.com and Today'sBoondoggle.com. Be sure to follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. Support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on gofundme be sure to subscribe comment download and listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google play spreaker and all the other podcast platforms please email us with questions suggestions and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com please leave us a comment and five-star reviews Thanks once again for listening to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland.